The Frontline Podcast is brought to you by Legion Technologies. Hi, we're your hosts, Tracy Chernoff, Senior Director of Employee Engagement at Legion Technologies. And John Denton, Senior Enterprise Account Executive at Legion Technologies. Hourly employees want and need flexibility and predictability. They desire more connection and belonging with their peers and companies. And businesses want to maximize productivity while enhancing employee engagement to reduce turnover. Who said we can't have it all? The Frontline Podcast is focused on discussing the challenges that come along with having an hourly workforce and shedding light on these important employees who are often overlooked. You'll hear from leaders bringing transformational and innovative change to their organization and ways you can improve your own experience and the experiences of your employees, no matter where you sit in your organization. At Legion, we believe that intelligent automation powers Legion technology workforce management to solve these challenges. Be sure to subscribe to the Frontline Podcast so you're the first to hear our monthly episodes, which will come out every third Thursday of every month. Learn more at legion.co. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn and get ready to be a part of the solution. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Frontline Podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another month. Um, We're really excited about this topic today because it's one that has graced every headline for the last couple of weeks, but also is not so foreign. I mean, we're going to break it down um, pretty pretty significantly, I think, on this episode. So what is it that I'm talking about? I'm talking about the four-day work week. Um, and if you have no idea what I'm referring to, all you have to do is Google four-day work week and every single headline will pop up for you. And the reason that is, is because the UK did a trial across 61 organizations in, in within like six months. I think it was June through December. Hopefully that's an accurate six months. I think it is. And um, basically 3,000, almost 3,000 employees were part of this trial where those 61 organizations allowed for truncated work and enabled a four-day work week for those, you know, participating employees across those organizations. And they've just reported in back in February, there was a report on how the trial went. And it probably is no surprise that it went exceedingly well. There were incredible results coming out of the four day work week. And um, I think just in general, when we think about the four day work week, We'll talk about how this impacts hourly employees, salaried employees, retail, non-retail. And um, John has some really awesome questions that we're going to go through today. But before we even get into that, John, what are your thoughts on the four-day work week and the articles that we've been reading? I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting dynamic. I think there's a lot of value in you know allowing four-day work weeks, obviously from a work-life balance perspective. I can also see the flip side of that where... Maybe there's sales productivity impacts um, and and maybe both positively and negatively. Right. I I can see the business aspect of it where you're managing a business and you really want your best employees to be there as often as possible. I can also see it from the employee perspective where, you know, they they want they obviously want to have a good work life balance. And and, you know, and obviously everybody's uh, personal life is important to them. Right. And. I think it's not only just about getting the, the four day work week in place, but also where you're getting those days off. Right. I know a lot of retailers out in the market today, you may work, you know, five or six days straight and only get one day off. So mm-hmm. uh, although you do get two days off, ultimately, you may not get them off consecutively like you and I are used to. Right. Um, this day. And age. So. Um, I think it's. I think there's a lot of value, and I can see it from both sides of the fence. I'm, I'm certainly excited about this topic, and and, and uh, excited about getting your opinion on some of this stuff. Yeah, 
No, for sure. It, there, your initial takes are interesting, and I think we're going to break that down. And potentially, I might uh, destigmatize some of those those initial uh, thoughts that you have too, because um, you know, there's definitely a lot to say about productivity on either side of the fence. But there are some really um, specific results coming out of this trial. So actually, I just before we kind of jump into the uh, the question portion of this discussion, I'd love to share some of these results. So. Um, for those who, again, 61 organizations were part of this, for those who were part of this trial in the UK, organizational revenue was up 35% from the previous year and rose specifically by 1.4% during that six-month trial. And um, when we think about productivity, which was one of the things that you initially mentioned, um, although it's hard to measure productivity, the organizations rated the impact of four-day schedules as positive, averaging 7.5 on a 10-point scale. Employee absenteeism also dropped from two days a month to less than one. It was actually 0.7. And turnover fell by more than half. So when we think about the things that actually negatively impact productivity, absenteeism, uh, turnover, right, that hugely impacts productivity. And um, I think it is actually a misconception that four-day work weeks can negatively impact productivity because you'd think like, oh, I need that fifth day to be the most productive. But actually what this trial went to, on to show was that those who, and I should clarify too, they didn't work 40 hours in four days. They worked 34 hours in four days. And this truncated um, work uh, adjustment or work experience actually improved productivity because of cutting out some of those inefficiencies. Um, and then finally, companies rated the overall experience an 8.3 out of 10, which anyone listening, if you've ever rolled out any type of project to a company, it's very hard to reach an eight point anything, um, let alone a six or seven point anything, because it's very difficult. Change management is very difficult. So um, does that dispel any of your initial thoughts? I think it does. I mean, I think I'm, I'm a person that I'm super analytical. So I'd like to see the data and really dive into it to understand it uh, fully. Uh, but I think right off the top, though, that's interesting to, to see that, you know, productivity. And I think some of the points you made around uh, you know, productivity being impacted by absenteeism and turnover and all those things. Uh, it's that is a, is a great uh, response uh, to some of the, some of the uh, potential issues that I brought up initially. And, um, yeah. and I can see I can see where, um, you know, as I can see where it gives employers a competitive advantage, too. So if you're an employer sure. where you, know, you offer the four day work week against somebody that forces five day work weeks, I could see where that would also help re uh, attract um, good talent. Yeah, for sure. And I will uh, close out these little nuggets of facts for you with uh, one final fact here, which is that um, stress and mental health issues and things like that all decreased by f more than 40% um, respectively. So those, yeah, by, across those, you know, near 3000 employees. And actually I said it was the last fact but one more fact is that of those three near 3000 employees who were part of the trial, 15% said that no amount of money could convince them to go back to five days. So of course, you know, that other 85%, maybe they're, maybe they're tantalized by a little bit of extra money. Maybe the five day work week was more ideal for them for whatever reason. Um, but they, you know, they would go back to the five days, but 15% said you couldn't even offer me the moon and I will not go back. So I think it's really interesting, but, uh, you know, I could, I could talk about these statistics all day. I know you have specific questions that kind of help to break down some of these, 
um, other points. And I'll probably spew some other facts in there too. So I'll pass it to you. I know you're prepared and uh, (laughs) I like being the skeptic. Uh, So I, yeah, I just want to, you know, first and foremost say that I'm, I am for uh, the employee uh, for, for sure. And whatever is beneficial to them. Uh, So certainly want to make sure put that out there. Uh, I have questions just to understand where, how this impacts a business probably uh, questions that maybe a lot of executives have uh, in the retail space mm-hmm. today. Uh, things that maybe are, are preventing them from really shifting to more of a four day work week, right? So love to get your opinion on this. So first question I have really is, do you see this being more of a role-based type of implementation of a four day work week or um, does it really just kind of depend upon what they're doing? So to give you an example of what I'm trying to say here is, if I'm in the corporate office and my job is to support the the stores, right? So, and let's say hypothetically in the corporate office, we've decided that we're going to go to four day work weeks in the, in the office, but we're staying in the five day work weeks in the field. Uh, as a, as a field employee, I may look at that and, and I may not look at that very kindly, right? Where I essentially I'm working five days, they're working four. Uh, do you see this being like a full scale implementation where you really need to get, if you're going to go four day work weeks, you can't really put it out there in bits and pieces. You really got to do it in one fell swoop. What What is your opinion around that? It makes me think of the difference between equity and, and equality, right? So not every role is created equal. You know, those, and I think about my retail experience, like working in store that predicated my uh, role in the sense that I needed to be available nights, weekends, holidays, right? That's like typically what we hear for retail. Um, Whereas someone who worked on the corporate side didn't necessarily have that experience. So while we uh, were equal in the sense of like our, uh, who we were and what we had as far as resources go, the equity to that, that working Monday to Friday was not there, right? But so I hear the, what you're saying as far as like role-based differences. However, the reason it makes me think of equality versus equity is that when it comes to a four-day work week, you can have an equitable approach. And I think that um, HR people, and I can only say this because I'm an HR, technically, um, or most of the time, like find themselves making things, and maybe it's not just HR, but it's also just business leaders in general, find, we find ourselves making decisions that feel like they can only be made if everyone can take part in it. But that's not, that's not equity, right? That's, that's equality. And there's space for that in different areas of business. But when we think about equity in four-day work weeks, it's saying that we're going to allow employees to have flexible schedules, whatever that means to them. Now, obviously, for an organization to make a four-day work week work, there would have to be a little bit more structure there. There would need to be an approach where you know everyone can have or work a four-day work week, but that they're expected to work within that four days as it makes sense to them. And if they need that fifth day to get their job done, that they have to take that day. There's a company that I um, read about. I, I can't remember the name of the company because it's in a, a community, like an HR community that I belong to. And the head of HR or the HR business partner shared what they did, which was they sent out, you know, or created this four-day work week policy for everyone, regardless of their role. And they said, okay, Friday is the flexible day. If your role requires you to be on call that day, you're on call. If you can't get your job done in the four days that week, 
you're expected to get it done on that fifth day. And so while the four day work week was, there was an equitable approach, meaning every single person had access and the opportunity to take that four days as their work week. There was also this understanding that if the job needed to be done, just like when we work a five day work week, sometimes the job needs to get done beyond that five days. It just sometimes works out that way that you're an adult about it. You're, you own your, your role, you own your business and you get the job done. So I think when it comes to the four-day work week discussion, most of the time I hear thought leaders, HR or other business leaders talking about it like it's a foreign concept compared to what we already do, which is we work five days today and we say, well, okay, if, you're, if your job requires you to go beyond that five days, you're expected to get it done. That already exists. The only difference is that we would allow for truncated work and as an organization, and then that fifth day is is the um, flexible day, so to speak. But I know I'm kind of like going on a tangent here. I, all in all, I think my point is no. I don't think it needs to be role based. I think that that we when when companies hire smart and trustworthy people, which is the only person that someone's going to hire, right? Um, that we are automatically investing in that person and we have to trust that they can get the job done, whether they work 32 hours, 34 hours or 60 hours. Um, but I do think there's, I, I think that there's a lot to break down there. I, I'm sure it's uncomfortable for some business leaders because there's like a, you know, a lack of control maybe, but there's already a lack of control. Like flexibility is the name of the game. You shouldn't you're not going to get better results out of someone by breathing down their neck or expecting them to work seven days a week or four days a week. It depends on, you know, the culture. It depends on how you support them, what the resources are. There are so many competing factors there and things that add to the complexity of how this could work. So that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, I don't think you're going on a tangent. I think we just hear some passion. <laughs> Out of you yeah. <laughs> about this topic and I love it. Um, and, and you're the exact person I want to talk to about some of the questions I have around this. Right. Mm. And so like, I think some of the things that I took from what you just said is if I'm a store manager and let's say I'm in charge of a large department store and we've moved to four day work weeks, it ultimately my job is performance based to an extent, right? I need to perform. My store needs to, to maintain, um, you know, a certain level uh, of performance then if I need to put in extra hours, then I need to put in extra hours. And that's just what I need to do in order to maintain my business and, and hopefully uh, retain uh, my, my job. Right. Uh, and I think that's something that we, we certainly have to talk about, right. Is uh, the, the drive for success and, and ensuring that yeah, you may roll out four day work weeks, but if I'm managing a store, I also have to be successful in that store. I'm going to mm -hmm. feel like, I need to be there five, six days, sometimes in a week. But I think what I what I heard you say is, look, it's it's about giving the employees the flexibility, right? They have the flexibility to take a four day work week. Um, but one of the questions I do have also is, so if I'm working, let's say hypothetically, thirty two to thirty four hours that week, whereas I really need to work forty. Uh, in order to make the amount of money that's going to be important to me uh, to to make my bills mm -hmm. and all that stuff, how how do you see that working out? In terms of like just the making the hours work. So let's say I'm hypothetically, typically I'm working forty hours a week. Okay, so my paycheck is pretty mm -hmm. standard every week, mm -hmm. right? But now you're telling me I'm going to get eight less hours uh, mm -hmm. because we've moved to a four day work week and I'm only working eight hours a day. 
Um, how, how do we square that? If that makes sense. Oh, I see. Well, I should say that in this trial, they, the salary was not reduced. Um, the salaries okay. stayed the same. Got so, um, because you're still doing the work, right? So sure. the reality is, is that when someone's salaried, they're, it doesn't matter how many hours they work, they're expected to get the job done in however many hours it requires. That's why they're, you know, obviously not why they're salaried, but that's part of the the benefit to being salaried for a company is that, you know, and of course it's assuming that all FLSA standards are met, but that you're doing the job, you're getting it done and that's the pay that you earn. Whereas yeah. with the hourly, you know, you are paid based on the hours you work. So there is a certainly a difference there. So actually for salaried employees, there's actually to me a little bit more of an incentive to be as productive as possible because otherwise and this is the this it remains true even if you work a Monday to Friday schedule that the more hours you work in theory like the less you're taking home right that if you think about your salary broken down by hours um now obviously that's not to say that you're not productive in all of those hours like if you're productive in every single hour that you work then you're earning your income right you're you're earning the money um, but if someone is working 40 hours a week and is productive for 25 of them, there, there's not a whole lot of value for the company or for the employee. It's kind of like a waste of time. Whereas what we saw in this UK trial, though that truncated work schedule, the 32 to 34 hours a week, they're earning the same amount. They're hyper vigilant in being as productive as possible within that time because they want to be able to have that fifth day as truly a flexible day and or a, an additional day off. Um, whereas if you're not as productive during those four days, you're likely going to have to take that fifth day as a day to get the rest of your job done. So hopefully that's painting a clearer picture around like how productivity can actually be enabled through a four day work week. Of course, not everyone is the same. We're not in a homogeneous society. Everyone works differently. Everyone learns differently. Some people have, um, you know, things that, that, uh, make it more difficult to be productive for an eight hour stretch of time. So actually one could also argue that a four day work week enables those who can work really fast and get things done really quickly. Um, while others might say, well, actually I don't, I can't get things done in that long stretch of time. I prefer a five day work week with fully flexible hours so I can work four hours in the morning and four hours at night or however many hours it requires to get the job done. So again, I mean, it's super gray. I think it depends on the culture of an organization, but also when I think about retail, actually Lowe's back in July, Lowe's talked about how they were going to enable their retail employees um, access and uh, to this four day work week approach because they often were hearing complaints about scheduling problems and um, that it, it resulted in widespread um, low morale for the teams. And so essentially the company Lowe's decided that they were going to roll out this four day work week and that when they were offering this, they were offering it to full-time associates um, in order to maintain their hours. So when I think about your point on the hours piece, how this would be approachable in a retail setting would likely only happen for full-time because part-time employees are already working probably three to four hours already, right? So it's the full-time employees and the any managers, full-time, you know, hourly and, and salary 
who would benefit the most from something like this. So in retail, actually, I could see this being like the perfect example of where four day work week provides benefits because, um, you know, it's really hard retail. You're already working long hours back in my retail days. They were 10 hour days minimum. So if someone is working as a full-time employee, they're already probably working 32 or more hours a week. Who's to say they can't do that in a four-day stretch? And then, you know, already they're, they, they have more time to recuperate. They have more time to rest and relax. Retail is very challenging, hard on your body. Um, so I, I think more employers, like, it should do what Lowe's is doing and test it out in retail to begin with. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting call out Lowe's. And I think uh, Lowe's should potentially maybe look at their scheduling solution. Yeah. <laughs> right. Them. Call us, uh, Lowe's. Call us. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, no, but you're, you're exactly right. And you, I think you hit the nail on the head of answering that, that question. And that hourly employees are probably already working, you know, three to four days a week, uh, as it is anyways. Um, and those that want to get additional hours, they certainly still have the ability to do that, right? Um, mm -hmm. I keep hearing out of all the things you, you're you're saying, I keep hearing flexibility, 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 right? You're not saying flexibility, but all the things that you're talking mm -hmm. about is being more flexible. And it doesn't sound like there's, this is a cookie cutter type of approach for every retailer. It sounds right. like every retailer would have their own version of this four day work week and then what would work best for their employee base, right? And uh, just ensuring that they're, they're doing the things that they need to do uh, to put their employees in the best position to succeed and, and to perform well. So I think you've done, you've done an outstanding job of relieving some of these questions that I've uh, <laughs> brought, brought your way. Um, so one of the things I used to work in corporate retail myself uh, for GameStop and, and Radio Shack, may they rest in peace. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I always thought about, you know, having a four day work week, right? And and I was, and, and, and I was, you know, maybe ahead of my time to an extent and wanting remote work at that time as well. I was like, look, I can do, I was driving to downtown Fort Worth, you know, an hour there, hour back. So I'm losing two hours of my day, just doing nothing besides listening to the radio. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, man, I could already started work, you know, an hour in advance and really we're paying for all this overhead of this office and everything else. Um, so I think that this really this discussion can actually branch off into a lot of different areas. You know, we talked a little bit about pay and what what that would look like, and and some people um, in them performance, right? Also being uh, an impactful uh, variable that could you know it sounds like some of the metrics that you've provided. It's been a very productive uh, test uh, so far, and I think for for me just thinking through this as being a former corporate employee myself i would want to see i would want to test this right i would want to go through a phased approach and see uh you know how it would work and, and maybe a subset and, and pilot for sure yeah and pilot the the uh you know the program and see how it, how it was impactful and which ways it was impactful and then you know go through and and, and implement it the right way so how would you suggest uh, if I'm a retailer and I'm, I'm looking to, to potentially change uh, from a five-day work week to a four-day, uh, how would you suggest that they go about it and what would be kind of a starting point for, for you? I agree with you. I think the phased approach is the way to go. I could see, you know, stores or districts testing this because there's obviously, I think we've talked about this before, that workforce sharing is a great way to leverage teams and improve morale and um, take home pay for those employees. So I could see if like one district is trying these progressive approaches to, um, you know, 
engagement and like workforce management that this could be, you know, one really ideal way to test that theory out. Not every store, not every district is created equal, so to speak. I mean, there's always going to be a difference depending on volume or employee size and things like that, or even the demographic of the customer. But at the end of the day, you, I think you and I have talked about this before. If you walk into a store today or you walk into a restaurant, there's a staffing issue. Like you can't, I, there, I think there's been one restaurant that I've walked into in the last, I don't know, three months that's actually been adequate, adequately staffed. And it was a, a family owned restaurant, which is great. That's wonderful. Right. But there's a, there's a different type of, uh, of um, background there as to why they're staffed. And it's because it's the family business and there's only one way to keep it running. But when you go into any other restaurant, any other store that maybe is a franchise or corporate owned or a corporation, there's there's a real challenge. You can't find help. You can't get service. Like it's rough. And I empathize as a former retailer and as a retailer at heart. Like I really empathize because I know what those other employees are experiencing. I know what those recruiters and HR and business leaders are experiencing. Like it's tough. But when we think about the benefits of something like this and seeing that turnover cut in half in the UK in six months. I mean, we, we've been talking about, and when I say we, it's like HR people. Um, I feel like I can speak on behalf of all of us at this point, but you know, we've been talking about like, how do we solve turnover? How do we solve this problem? And I don't know, maybe this is one of the ways flexibility. It's, it started with remote work or actually it started with hybrid work. Then it started with remote work and like flexibility. When we think about retailers, like obviously what we do at Legion, is all about flexibility. So we've been talking about this, you know, at nauseum since 2016, basically. Um, and that's why we're in this space, but beyond the flexibility now it's like, okay, well, how do we take it to the next level? And I would imagine that in the coming years, we'll see this continue. So it's like, if the four day work week is, what people are pushing for right now, how do, how does that align with like this gig economy approach? I think we've talked about this before that the gig economy has driven forward a lot of these initiatives because there's a huge benefit to being, you know, a contractor or, you know, somewhat like a 1099 employee that can control the hours and the days that they work. That's exactly what we continue to talk about when we talk about flexibility and the four day work week specifically is that people want self-determination. They want to be able to control what their day to day looks like. And so I think at some point, especially if retailers are the ones that drive this initiative in the U S especially it's, it's just going to be a matter of time until all companies see that there's only one way to match employee preferences. And that's to, provide these other resources like the four day work week. We even, you know, my final point here is that we've, we've seen this with employee demand back from when COVID started that employees, once they, they had a taste of working remotely, they didn't want to go back to the office. And for whatever reason, companies are still trying to push forward this momentum of like coming back into the office. You and I are remote only, right? Our company is remote first. It's great. And those who want remote experiences apply to work at Legion. Those who want to work in an office setting will apply for a hybrid or in-office um, company. And so I think this is, this again, coming back to this, like we're not in a homogeneous society. Every company is going to choose what's right for them. And it's going to be the employee that decides 
what their expectation is, what their demands are. And they're either going to stay to see it happen at their own company or they're going to leave to find it elsewhere. And that is the truth, regardless of the topic that we're, you know, discussing. It, it doesn't matter. It's true for literally every single thing. Now, Tracy, you promised me you weren't going to use big words like homogenous. <laughs> okay. and here we go. You know, you're already, you're already doing it. But I know. I mean, I, 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 I can't keep those promises. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think, you know, you, you, you hit a nail on the head and I just need to know where I need to sign. Cause you got, you have me sold. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm good. I think you answered all my questions um, on what they I were great questions. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm glad that you um, could, could handle, uh, you know, these tough questions yes. for me, but uh, yes. I, I, I appreciate it. I think uh, everything that you, you talk about here is things that I talk about with customers on a consistent basis. And, you know, th there are things that are on the, the forefront of their minds. You know, the employee experience is important. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's funny because I was actually in a Lowe's this past weekend because mm. I had to go get some weed killer because it's that time of year, right? We're starting yep, yep. to get here in Texas. It's starting to get a little hotter and uh, weeds are starting to pop up. And what my experience was, I went in and, and of course, the first thing I think about being a workforce management practitioner myself is, you know, am I being helped? Does somebody greet me? Does somebody, you know, it, am I able to find somebody to help? Of course, the answer is no across the board. Now it was on a Saturday and it was super busy uh, in this Lowe's that I'm referring to, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it, but it's not, and I'm not picking on Lowe's. It's that's, that's my experience across the board uh, mm -hmm. with all retailers. So it's almost like it's a, it's a very challenging time because there's so many things that are, that are pulling at retailers right now, uh, employers versus employees. Uh, and it's like, where is that balance? And where do we find that balance, right? That 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 is good for the business and it's good for the employee. Everything that you talked about today, to me, proves that it is uh, advantageous for for the employees and the employers. So, um, anyways, I think I think I appreciate it, and I appreciate you walking me through this and, and answering all my questions. Yeah, of course. No, thank you. And it made me think of how important technology is to enabling these uh, advancements, right? Like you, you can't really manage this manually um, schedules are there are so many things that impact how someone can be scheduled and how someone can work like I think about a corporate environment if there are salespeople and or not even sales but like customer facing employees like those things that's a, there's a huge demand there right if if someone is working right alongside a customer they have to be available as often as the customer needs them but I still think that these um, these progressive movements toward making the workplace one that is sought after, where people feel really engaged and external people want to join the team, like that's where we always have to solve this problem. How do we grow with the times and move with the times, but also how do we make it so that our existing employees want to stay and con continue to contribute? And how do we make it so that when we have an open role, it's not open for long because people are just dying to get in. So um, hopefully anyone listening is really inspired by these discussions. It doesn't mean that, you know, a four day work week is right for you or anything like that. But flexibility has to be at the core of what companies, organizations, retailers, doesn't matter, the industry are focused on because we're all adults. We all have earned our stripes. Doesn't matter if we've worked for one year or 50. Um, we, we all should have the opportunity to be, um, self-determining over our, you know, work life and our experience at work. And so John, I really appreciate your questions. I'm glad we talked about this because 
I think we'd be remiss not to considering where it lives in all of these uh, channels. And speaking of which, we will be sure to link the uh, in the show notes, the articles that we referenced on this episode today. So you can read through for yourself, analyze the data yourself. Um, and we hope that we have an amazing, um, you know, sense of like how we can move forward as as a conglomerate, as organizations. Um, and hopefully all of you took away something really positive or maybe you're a little bit more critical. That's totally fine too. Anyway, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast, wherever you're watching the podcast. We will see you next month. John, thanks so much. See you. See you soon. See you.